Welcome to the Awake Asia podcast. This podcast is about crossing cultures and borders to share stories about everyday people doing extraordinary things. Each episode, we share knowledge, inspiration, and stories of triumph to help you live a fitter, healthier, more purpose-driven, conscious lifestyle. My name is Luke, and along with my wife, Emily, and our little girl, Sienna, we are the creators of AwakeMethod.com. In today's episode, we have David Young. David is the founder and CEO of Green Monday, a multifaceted social venture with the mission to take on the world's most pressing crisis of climate change, food insecurity, and public health. It's incredible. The Green Monday movement is now in 35 countries and is supported and endorsed by well-known celebrities and corporations around the globe. In this episode, we talk about how David began his plant-based journey, we chat entrepreneurship, plant-based meats, and why profit should be linked with purpose. David shares some startling stats on the impact of animal agriculture on our planet and what we can do to be a part of the change. This interview started with me messaging him the night before on Facebook, asking when he would be in Singapore. He said, tomorrow. So I said, it's done. I scheduled it made the trip down to his hotel lobby and recorded this. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do too. Welcome to Singapore again. Well, it's always a great pleasure and there's now so much better, so many options. I mean, a lot of places that we can do food tasting now. Yeah, I was just, we were just chatting about how many more options and how many more places offer plant-based products. I mean, with your Omni pork as well. Yes. Uh, and you, I understand you're my, to- my recent favorite is this uh, hawker center, uh, kind of very tiny family run by these two brothers, uh, the Quan brothers. Quan brothers. Yes, and uh, the tiny little shop is called Vegan Curry Rice. And they are now using Omnipod to create a lot of amazing, um, well, they are vegan, but anyone, I mean, meat lovers, plant-based lovers would, would enjoy them. Um, and he's making so many different dishes like barbecue uh, dishes, a satay, wow. uh, you know, pork cutlet with, you know, Omnipod, um, etc. So, and then one, there's a, one dish called Uta. Uta, oh, uh, what's yeah. Uta? Uh, yeah, I okay. I may have pronounced it incorrectly, but but anyway. So that's one of my new favorite right now. Wow. Uh, very, I mean, is for obviously for anyone to go. I mean, every dish is like between you know four to five sing dollars. So clearly, very affordable. Yeah, and I was just saying that it's just so important to support people like that small small family run businesses. I mean, much as I'm all for supporting big corporates moving to to promote this lifestyle, but we also need to support the guys at the bottom. Oh, we need both. Yeah. I mean, uh, on one hand, of course, the big, co- big companies, the big corporations, they are influential uh, and they have a wide network. So if you know the CEO or some senior management uh, see this as something that they want to dedicate resources to, that is very important because they can easily influence maybe hundreds of thousands of people just by serving more plant-based choices uh, in their restaurants, in their hotels. But at the same time, you know, these small families, we need all of them as well because we need to cover all spectrum um, and we want everyone to be able to enjoy good plant-based uh, nutritious food. For sure. And I think uh, congratulations on bringing Green Monday here as we were chatting earlier. It's more a selfish reason because you have more options for yourself and because of your selfish reason, I get more options as well, which is incredible. 
<laughs> well, I've been vegetarian for 18 years. Wow. And、uh, I have lived through the dark ages. <laughs> dark ages. What? Tell me about the dark ages. What、oh, were they、wow. like? The dark ages. That's when you walk into a mainstream restaurant, right? A regular, normal restaurant, and then you tell, you know, the the people, the they say, is there are, are there any items on the menu that can be vegetarian? And then they look at you like you are an alien, and you give them all this trouble to, you know, remove the meat and、Indeed. remove the shrimp and don't eat this, you don't eat that, and they're like, okay, why don't you just go next door to that,、uh, you know, Buddhist vegetarian、uh, restaurant or eatery? So. And then you know all these.、Uh, I'm sorry to say, but just all these stupid questions that、mm. people have. It's like, oh, so,、um, oh, are you okay? Well,、um, oh, you, you know, can't eat this. Yeah, you can't eat this. You're not eating meat.、Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your health.、Um, and there are always people who ask, you know, when am I going to become a monk? <laughs> you know, things like that. So those were kind of the dark ages and. I don't know. I mean,、uh, we must. I mean, if we want plant-based to be popular, to be common,、uh, at the end, besides the education piece, which of course is essential, but we got to give people、uh, more options, better tasting options,、um, you know, accessible, affordable, tasty, delicious, nutritious,、um, so that it becomes a no-brainer for anyone to、yes. adopt. So I think with this new wave of food innovation that is coming in. Um, led by many of these companies in the U.S.,、um, it is creating a huge, huge change for the whole industry. Speaking of all these companies in the U.S., I, I understand, I know that Beyond Meat and Just Egg just launched, and you also launched Omni Pork, and、yes. I was there for the launch, and I had sweet and sour, quote unquote, pork, <laughs>、um, which was absolutely brilliant. So tell us a little bit about this product because I find it really fascinating and the application of yes. it. Yes, well.、Um, You know, I I visit the U.S. very often, and I meet with all these entrepreneurs and founders who are coming up with just amazing ideas and technology in terms of doing you know cellular based, plant based,、uh, seafood, meats, burgers, a lot of things. But at the end of the day, because they are U.S. or like Western、uh, country startups, so food naturally they will do Western type of food, and we are Asians.、Um, mm. I'm Chinese,、mm. so. You are not gonna put、uh, these products into a xiaolongbao, or even if you try,、True. it doesn't make sense because it's really not the thing that we are used it's to. Not designed. For, it's not designed for、yeah. that application. So、um, it's not. I mean, it's not rocket science. I think everyone in Asia knows that pork is the most consumed meat. Yeah, it truly、uh, is. We use pork in every single dish, almost. Like sometimes, and I think as a vegans or vegetarians, we all of us have this experience, which is. We go into a Chinese restaurant. You look through the menu, and let's say it's a、uh, sauteed string bean, okay? And supposedly it doesn't mention anything about meat. And you say, okay, I'll order the sauteed string bean, right? And then it comes with minced pork on top of it. Yeah, there's minced pork everywhere. It's just、yeah. like almost like a garnish. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and let's say even plain noodles, like you say, oh, I'll just order a plain bowl of noodles, and then you find out there's a little bit of you know slices of ham, or again minced pork on top. Um, it is like a garnish. It is like a. It's almost like salt and pepper,、mm. in a in a way that you know chef in Asia use it. So, you know the inspiration behind Omni Pork is, you know we got to create an an alternative to pork,、um, and not just one type of pork, but many different applications of pork. So when we we were very lucky to come across very talented food scientists who. 
uh, also share the same passion in this field, and they also happen to have an Asian background. Um, they're based in North America, but they have an Asian background. So I told them that I want to create, I want to recreate xiaolongbao. I want to recreate dumplings. I mean, these are my ultimate comfort food. Um, I can eat dumplings seven days a week, quite frankly. Of course, um, of course. Same. And <laughs> you, pal. Yeah, you know, like uh, pan fry, soup dumplings, you name it. And spicy Sichuan type. I mean, that's my favorite. So, um, so anyway, I, I talked to these guys, uh, this team, and say, hey, can we work together and recreate, you know, a plant-based version, you know, innovate and create a plant-based version of quote-unquote pork. Um, that needs to be very uh, diverse, very versatile, and can be used for many different types of purpose. And, you know, after two years, I mean, that is how we came, that's how Omni, Omnipork came about. Wow, two years, a yeah. lot, lots, lots of product testing. <laughs> yes, there were a lot of failures. <laughs> And, you know, we had an overdose of Omnipork, uh, you know, pre-beta, pre-pre-beta version. Um, and one of the key criteria for me uh, and for our team was that we have to hand it to someone who has zero knowledge about food tech. Um, honestly, at the end, one of our major tests was to give it to, like, like, grandmas, for example, or like, you know, people in their 50s, in their 60s, and we'll just say, you know, this is a new ingredient. We don't even tell them what it is. Just say, cook it, you yep. know, do whatever you want with it. Now, at the end, you know, uh, any food ingredient, it should not come with a menu that like instruct people how to use oh, step one, step two, step three. You may have recipe recommendation, but it should not be a menu. Okay, so that was our ultimate test was when we give it to you know, just people who are more senior age, and they end up just, again, they naturally came up with ways to cook it, whether it's pan fry, boil, steam, however way, you know, stuffed tofu, and they were able to create amazing dishes. So that was kind of the final, final test. Um, and then, of course, from a nutrition standpoint, it is uh, far superior to real pork. Um, way lower in calorie, way lower in uh, fats, no cholesterol, of course, and no antibiotics, uh, antibody-free, hormone-free, and triple uh, calcium, the, the amount of calcium in pork, wow. and then 50% more iron. So all together, that become the final product that we are now delivering to the market. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm actually going to put the link of Omnipoke in the show notes so everyone can just kind of see yes. see what this is like. So I've tried it before and I'm excited to see it in more applications in Singapore particularly because um, like you said, there's pork in everywhere. So I want to kind of shift gears to blue, uh, blue, I wanted to say blue, but Green Monday. Yes. Green Monday. So, I mean, I understand that you're in 35 countries now. Yeah. Is that at, at least? Yeah. At least. We, we lose count because um, now Green Monday is the movement. Um, well, Green Monday is both the name of the organization and also the movement itself. Uh, the movement is I don't I don't know how many countries we're in because thanks to social media, mm. thanks to you know people obviously spreading words word of mouth, um, it is a movement that any company, any school, any individual can join immediately. Um, all we are asking is to drop meat or reduce meat consumption one day a week mm. and make it a routine whether it's monday friday sunday of course you can choose any day uh, that you feel most comfortable with but the idea is let's create a framework so that all like let's say a thousand people in a company 
they can all join Green Monday as a sustainability and wellness initiative. Uh, and the company is doing it not just because all of a sudden, oh, you, you guys cannot eat meat, but rather it also create a, a good reason to educate, you know, whether it's a school, the company or the public about climate change, about food safety, food security issues, about um, all these um, kind of horrific practice behind animal farming and about our own health too. So uh, Green Monday becomes a super viral movement that you know more and more and more companies are signing up to on a daily basis and restaurants, of course. I love it. I definitely want to go into what you just said about the sustainability aspect, whether it's food security, whether it's climate change and maybe um, disparity in terms of um, the rich and the poor not getting enough food hunger so maybe could you could share some stats with us wow i mean i can go on for two hours just to talk right. about these maybe numbers in terms of, in <laughs> i'll terms give you i'll give you kind of the the highlights yep, or, the highlights or, or, or probably the lowlights of mm. um, factory farming uh, well in case anyone hasn't already known right um, livestock industry overall produce more carbon footprints than all transportation combined if cows, if cattle were a country, they would be the third highest carbon emitter uh, in the world, only wow. behind China and the U.S. And in wow. fact, the gap between U.S. and cattle is so tiny, it's virtually tied for second. So just by giving up beef and dairy, we can offset the carbon footprint of the entire United States. Wow, that's huge. I mean, just dairy and beef. It's not even like we're giving up all meats. So that's number one is from a carbon emission standpoint. Now, of course, the other type of animals also emit uh, greenhouse gas. The other part is water consumption and land use. Producing meat, raise, okay, growing crops feed the animals, uh, obviously using a lot of space and land to raise these livestock before they're fed to us is a super inefficient way to produce food. Yep. Um, in general, for beef, for example, it's 100 calories in, 3 or 4 calories out. What that means is you need to feed so much and that uh, those animals need to drink so much water and eat so much food before they become food to human beings. And the ratio is 100 in, 3 to 4 calories out. So wow. in terms of efficiency, I always like to say that's... 3% efficiency. So essentially, we are wasting 96, 97% of resources just because we can enjoy beef, just because we want to enjoy pork. And it's also not, not just we, it's a select few, isn't it? Yes. You know, the analogy that I always like to make is if someone were only work for two minutes out of an hour in your office, you know, that person sleeps or dream or whatever, you know, is idle for the other 58 minutes. That person only is productive for two minutes out of an hour. I mean, which company would hire that person, right? They'll but be fired on the spot. But as a whole, as the entire livestock industry, that is how it operates. Yeah. It operates at three, four, five, ten percent. You know, in general, it's lower than ten percent. So the whole idea of many of these food tech companies, beyond beyond meats being obviously the the most uh, you know, now a great representation of the whole industry is that, you know, why don't we skip this middle party? Can we create burger-like, you know, products that taste, you know, smells, sizzles just like the real thing, but directly from plants? 
then we are saving 90-95% of water, land, carbon emission, etc. That is 10 times or even 20-30 times a better way to use these resources. And it becomes, and if that happens, actually we can feed the world. Yeah. You know, we can feed all the people in the world if everyone goes plant-based. But if you eat meat, which is resource and water intensive, not to mention carbon emission, then nowadays there are 1 billion people in the world who are suffering from hunger, 1.5 billion people in the world who do not have access to clean water. And that is not really because the earth doesn't have enough clean water. It's because all these animals are fighting for the same resources that we human beings need. Yeah, it's a completely inefficient system. And I think just the stats that you shared are just startling and it's just such a broken system. And I think it's it's efforts like yours that are really driving change in the region and possibly in the world. And I definitely want to go back before even Green Monday. Was that what actually prompted you to move in this direction? Yes. Um, now, I have been a vegetarian for 18 years. And since 2006, so it was 13 years ago when I came across the United Nations report about climate change and livestock industry. And I still vividly remember that first time when I came across the news. And I just thought to myself, right, climate change is this potentially disastrous catastrophe for the entire planet and for humanity that technically everyone must put this at the top agenda. Um, of all countries and all companies is this is about our collective survival. We may not have a planet in 50, 100 years. I mean, that's what we are talking about. It's an end game for planet and, the huma and, and humanity. I mean, the, the planet as we know it will be gone, will be finished. So if climate change is this survival matter, and then United Nations published this report with all the numbers that I just cited you know, earlier, and then I'm like, then everyone should know about this and everyone should do something about it. But that was 2006. I was already, uh, I lived in the US for many years. I moved back to Asia and no one in Asia was talking about this at that time. I mean, I had never come across one person who could talk back to me and say, oh, you know what? Eating beef, yeah, that's bad for the world. No one. So it kind of was sitting in the back of my mind for a long time before I finally said, no, I mean, enough is enough. This system is broken. It is archaic. Um, we need to completely overhaul the way we eat and the way we live for us to survive. I mean, this isn't about, I mean, I mean, I don't want to sound like, oh, you know, you know, this is only for the people who have higher morals, who care about animals, you know, who love animals. Yes, of course, that part is a big reason for me uh, to start my own journey. But in terms of all of us, you know, this is about our survival. I mean, and now, of course, most recently, I mean, I think any individual, you don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be like an expert to know that extreme climate is everywhere. You know, crazy heat, crazy storm, flooding, droughts. I mean, I was in London last year and it was like 36, 37 degrees. It's like the, the weather was like Bangkok wow. uh, in London. And you know how in London, you don't even have to look at the weather forecast because every day it rains. It's cold and wet. It's cold and wet, you know. Um, you don't need to see, oh, do I need to bring an umbrella? You know, you always need to bring an umbrella. But there was a five-month drought in England. 
five wow. months, like no rain at all in England. That's unheard of. So, and then like places like Stockholm was like 34 degrees. Stockholm, I mean, that's Sweden. I mean, we're talking about Scandinavian countries. I mean, if you look at any documentaries right now, any movies, any shows, I mean, the rates that ice is melting in North and South Pole is staggering. And honestly, it's, it freaks me out whenever I see those images because the way the way ice is melting, the way the, the whole planet is warming, I mean, places like Singapore, I mean, there will be many parts of Singapore or Hong Kong or Manhattan that will be underwater before we know it. And quite frankly, I think it will happen in, in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the kids. So, yeah, I mean, all of these just prompt me to say that someone needs to do something. And that's how we came up with Green Monday. First, the movement and then Green Common, which is our restaurant and store in Hong Kong. And because of Green Common, we have built a portfolio of brands that we work with and we distribute for in many parts of Asia. And that's also the reason we came up with Omnipod. Wow. So, I mean, I want to get your take on this because we know that animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of um, climate change, uh, land degradation. But there is also this push and this move. And when I went to Whole Foods in the US, it's sustainable fish, sustainable um, grass-fed beef and things like that. What's your take on that? Well, um, well, my take is everyone will choose their own journey in terms of you know, how far or how fast they adopt, let's say, a plant-based diet. But, not, but most people cannot change overnight. In fact, I publicly share with people that even my wife is not yet a full-time vegetarian. Um, she still enjoys her fish once in a while and a little, little bit of chicken. Uh, at home, we are 99% uh, vegetarian or vegan. But I was, uh, on, you know, when we eat out, my wife still orders some seafood dishes, for example. Um, so I think overall, we should not make green and not green kind of a black and white yeah. issue, which is, you know, if you do something like it, if you use, uh, if you consume egg, you know, then all of a sudden you, you become an evil person. Um, different people take their journey differently. Of course. Um, in my case, I honestly became a vegetarian overnight. You know, when I made the decision, I just said, okay, I will do it. Uh, and then I decide on a certain date that I, in fact, it was, January 1st of the Chinese New Year that wow. year. So um, I made the decision at the end of December, like lunar calendar December. And then I say, okay, I will start my new life and new lifestyle uh, at on the new year. So I started it on January 1st, lunar calendar. So that was my journey, but most people cannot. So any types of things that are greener. Okay, first of all, I think we need an improvement. Um, the analogy would be uh, like, exercising or running. Not everyone will go from completely not exercising to running a full marathon or working out the way Luke, you know, in front of you, whoa, you know, you know, how built and how, you know, even yourself in terms of your own, let's say bodybuilding journey, it is a process and is a journey. Surely. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, so greener uh, ASAP, as sustainable as possible. Love it. Um, that's what I love to share. Uh, but make it a routine. The key is to make it a routine. I mean, I, if someone come to me and say, oh, you know what, David, I listened to your talk 
I decide to go vegan like tomorrow. Sometimes I actually would say no, don't do it because if you just eat white rice every night, you know, every meal, you just eat white rice with soy sauce. Yeah, that is vegan too, but that is not going to sustain you. Clearly, not a balanced diet. That's、yeah. not healthy, not nutritious enough. So,、uh, learning how to eat、uh, plant-based diet in a balanced, nutritious, healthy, sustainable way,、uh, and grow it from one day, two days to ultimately seven days. I think give yourself and your body some time to adapt.、Uh, that will be important. I don't want someone to faint in the middle of the day and say, "Oh, you know what? I eat vegan, and then oh, I don't have energy, and I faint in the middle of the row." I don't want to hear those type of stories. Indeed, and especially these days, it's just so much easier because there's so many options. Unlike the、yes. dark days, you were saying, <laughs> the dark ages, the dark ages. <laughs>、yeah. Even I would say, when I first turned vegan about seven years ago, seven years ago to where it is now, I'm like, I'm. Absolutely blown away, just the amount of options and even、um, all these Western products. When I visit visit US, beyond me, and all of that's coming to our shores, which is which is incredible. So I think it's about taking one step at a time. And、yes. like you're saying with the fitness analogy, if you get someone who wants to go on a health kick and immediately go on a、uh, a strict diet and train five days a week, they're gonna flop after about two weeks. But it's about、mm-hmm. making small steps,、yes. sustainable changes along the way. Speaking of sustainable changes,、um, I want to go back to you know your your beginnings and. Obviously, it took you a while to get to where you are right now. And run me through what it was like first turning vegetarian and then starting this movement. Because as when you want to start a movement, you're obviously going to be faced with a lot of opposition and, of course, a lot of challenges as well.、Yes. So maybe run us through what that was like. Wow,、um, that's another version of dark ages, right? Oh, I love、um, to hear it.、Um, that's more of the entrepreneurial journey、mm. uh, and the very, very tough part of it. Well, I mean, we set out to create a social venture altogether、uh, that has the advocacy component. It also has the solution component, but you know that is not going to happen overnight. You need it, it takes time to build, and movement itself. I mean, it is not a movement unless you have a lot of people joining it. So, how do we sign up a lot of companies and restaurants to join in the first place? You know, we are not giving them money. We are not offering them whatever benefits, right? So, why should companies or restaurant groups listen to us? Yeah.、Um, and then, vegetarian diet has such a negative、um, connotation or perception to many people. Unfortunately,、uh, they perceive it as boring, old-fashioned,、um, unappetizing things like that. So, to sell that to Uh, the public to sell that to companies, schools, restaurants. I mean, the first thing they would ask is, you know, come on. I mean, are there even anyone who would even bother to do this? So, I think to to design a movement and our entire organization that is trendy, that is cool,、uh, to have a lot of celebrities endorse Green Monday and practice Green Monday, to talk from a very scientific. Point of view, all the data again、mm. that I show、uh, that I was citing earlier, make it modern, make it scientific, make it a lifestyle that is trendy and aspirational,、um, and then through social media, again thanks to social media, you know, any time when we have a restaurant or a hotel or a company that joins Green Monday and start implementing it, you know, we. 
really go out of our way to praise these companies, you know, give them the recognition that they deserve as a green pioneer, as a green visionary, a warrior, things like that. Um, because they are indeed uh, pioneers. And by giving them that kind of the halo yep. effect, you know, that halo. Feel like that, that they're doing good. And then they feel good about themselves. They're like, okay, well, and also, by the way, Green Monday, we also say that you don't have to completely eliminate meats on Mondays. Um, just change the ratio. If it used to be 90% meats, 10% green, can you go at least 50-50? Okay. I think that becomes a very inclusive approach that any cafeteria, any restaurant can do. And then go from one day to seven days, making those options become available. And once the first company or school does it, then the next one is like, okay, you know, that's a cool thing to join. I should do it too. And they start seeing all the publicity that their peers are getting, you know, all the recognition that their peers are getting. And it doesn't cost them anything. It's not like you need to invest, you know, millions of dollars to, you know, uh, install the Green Monday software or, or whatever technology, right? It's just about uh, a, a change, a, a small change that we can all make. So that is how we started um, by signing up very, very early on. We had one of the biggest fast food chain in Hong Kong. Uh, and all we asked them to do is add more plant-based choices. It used to be zero. Right. Like 30 things on the menu, zero wow. vegetarian, vegan option. I mean, wow. I mean, I still, I mean, I still cannot believe how ridiculously uh, lacking plant-based options was back in those days. It was non-existent. So they start adding two choices to their 30 uh, item menu. But even that we say, you know, hey, we appreciate your efforts so much. You know, and and now not long after that, they realize that there's actually a hidden population of people who need to eat vegetarian. Their sales actually goes up, and then the all these new customers and come then in. the publicity, you know, and all the marketing and PR. They're getting a lot of free marketing and PR, and of course, they also can put on their annual report that they're doing something good. So all of a sudden, the owner or the head of marketing and PR is like wait a minute, you know, our business is actually doing better when we implement Green Monday and we are attracting a whole new group of customers that they normally could not attract. So that's when the snowball start to happen. That's when the domino effects start to happen. The word start to spread. Um, they start to realize that even for people who are not fully vegan, people appreciate a more kind of a cleaner, less meat diet. Okay, people start to, I mean, nowadays people are into fitness, into yoga, um, into meditation. And most of these people don't enjoy like a meal that's way too heavy. I mean, they want to eat something that's more light, but not just salad. I think anytime when people think of oh, vegetarian food or vegan food means salad, that completely is, I think that's one of the biggest misperceptions too. And particularly doesn't work in Asia because we prefer food to be cooked. For sure. For sure. Like my favorite uh, vegetable dish is morning glory. Uh, you know, and what's that? <laughs> you know, stir fry morning oh, glory. Right, you know, right. In Thai restaurant. That's my favorite vegetarian dish. So sorry to say, I mean, as much as kale is very uh, healthy, I also prefer sauteed kale versus, you know, raw Same. kale. You know, it's just our Asian uh, palates and appetites um, and culture. So anyway, that is how we got the momentum going. And 
but there's no doubt. I mean, the first couple years, like people had no idea what we were building. And when we said that we are a social venture,、uh, a lot of people question us. They're like, "What venture, David? You're just doing a campaign. You're just going around every day telling people Green Monday, Green Monday.、Um, there's no business behind it, so there's no venture." And then I said, "You know, just wait. You know, that's the second component that will be coming, and it's not just going to be second. There'll be third, fourth, fifth component that will be coming." But today,、uh, we just celebrate our seventh anniversary.、Um, On April twenty second, which is Earth Day, we kick off Green Monday、wow. on Earth Day,、uh, and we just celebrate our seventh anniversary. And nowadays, Happy Seventh! Yeah, I mean, I it is surreal. I mean, now,、uh, obviously, we're in Singapore. We are bringing we are partner to companies such as Beyond Meat. Again, these companies seven years ago were,、um, you know, no one knew about them, and they were still at very very nascent early stage. But now, you know,、uh, these are becoming global brand names. Uh, and the hottest brand in the food industry. So,、uh, we are so glad to be part of this global change,、uh, and it is very humbling and, but at the same time, very gratifying. Yeah, surely because I watched your Green Monday promo video at the launch, and it was just knowing the impact that you've created and the people that you've got involved. A lot of celebrities, even、um, in UK and US,、yes. uh, people have come aboard, and I, I find that incredibly inspiring because I. Kind of following in your footsteps in a sense as being a social entrepreneur, and sometimes you find it it's challenging because sometimes you you're kind of working in a silo. Oh, absolutely, yes. And it's a very lonely journey. It is a very very lonely journey, and you don't really have any reference point, especially when you're you you're spreading uh you're, you're working with purpose. So I want to go back down to you know when when you first were just kind of knocking on doors and getting people onto this whole Green Monday philosophy. What went through your head when you just kept getting no's, no's? You know how how did you kind of overcome that that negative voice and say, you know, it's just just give up? <laughs> well, I guess、um, maybe I have the entrepreneur DNA in my blood.、Um, my family are, you know, my dad, my, my uncles, they are all entrepreneurs. So I think that kind of Attitude that you know we are going to make it happen, no matter how difficult it is.、Um, I must say, not every person is designed to be that has the personality、uh, to be an entrepreneur. It is tough. Now, of course, when you see the successful ones, then you know it is you know a, a glamorous story, a sexy story, and you know these become like、uh, you know. Rock stars in certain ways, you know, in different industries. For、yep. example, like Richard Branson,、uh, Steve Jobs, right? You know, these people, you know, people idolize, you know, these、um, ultra successful entrepreneurs. But deep down, I think is it is that attitude that, you know, no matter how many no's we get, no matter how many naysayers they are, who are skeptics, who are who have doubts. I mean, I gotta say. The skeptics a lot of times are in fact some of your closest people, you know, your family, your close friends. I mean, I'm very blessed that my wife、uh, has been very, very supportive.、Uh, well, since the day I met her, and you know,、um, and of course throughout the journey of Green Monday.、Um, but seriously, some of the biggest doubters and skeptics are close family and friends, and those are particularly hard to overcome. Because they really make you doubt yourself sometimes. It's like, okay, I mean, 
well, first of all, it's not like I, I don't have other things to do. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I can pursue any type, a lot of careers, a lot of career path if I want. And um, if I'm not such a big rebel, um, I can just stay in the family business and do what family second generation does, you know, which is just you know, continue what they have been doing. But that to me, sorry to say, um, I don't feel particularly excited or inspired, even though, um, I mean, I respect my, you know, my family, of course, for being very successful uh, business people and starting from scratch back in the 70s. So I have a lot of respect for that. But in terms of my personal journey, I guess I just want to pave my own path, uh, blaze my own trail. And most importantly, most importantly, is do something that is impactful, uh, something that I care deeply about. So, so I guess everyone needs to ask yourself from the deep down, which is how much you care, how much you want to make it happen, right? Um, what, you know, just what type of courage and perseverance you will summon to go through all these obstacles. Um, I think at the end of the day, there isn't a successful entrepreneur or any successful person for that matter. Um, I don't care if uh, he or she is a doctor, a scientist, a researcher, whatever profession they are, they are in, we all persevere. Um, it just happens that in the case of social innovation, what we are doing arguably is the diff most difficult thing to do, which is we are trying to change people. Yeah, trying to change people. And I think what I, what I admire about what you've done as well is not only inspiring people and changing people's mindsets towards um, the way they eat and just planetary health, but marrying purpose with profit as yes. well. And I think that is, of, uh, I think for a lot of social entrepreneurs out there, I think they have that struggle because suddenly they're just aware and awake. And all of a sudden, in order to be successful in a business sense, you need to make a profit. So I want to get into to your mind how you actually marry the two and maybe you can share some tips for entrepreneurs out there to marry purpose and profit and possibly why that is important. Well, first of all, it, okay, I can, I can tell the important part, which is, I think that's the only way to keep your passion uh, to be sustainable. Um, now, of course, everyone wants to get rich. Who doesn't want more money? Um, but, but at what cost? At what expense? You know, how much do you have to give up or sacrifice or compromise in order to get rich? Now, personally, um, I have certain value uh, that to me is uncompromisable. You know, no matter how profitable an opportunity is, how lucrative uh, a business could be, if it violates or cross the line in terms of my value, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I won't do it. So I think marrying purpose and profits and passion, the triple P's, right? Passion, purpose, and profits. Now, okay, do we need to make money? The answer is yes. I mean, at the end of the day, for a business or for an individual, we need to feed our family, we need to pay rent. Um, only by creating a profitable business can you be sustainable. However, you know, if you can marry purpose with profits, then even if the early stage of building the business could be more difficult, but it will become much more long-lasting. 
you won't get burned out. Like, okay, bankers, for example. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there are too many stories of bankers, traders, who they may make a lot of money, but they get completely burned out. And in fact, they may, you know, they may regret some of the decisions they do. Uh, they they compromise their health. They sacrifice their family, etc. Okay, not everyone needs to build a new social venture. Even within your own organization and company, you can do social things too.、Uh, I think this is the overall direction of business. That's the overall direction of people.、Um, people are demanding that their companies fulfill their social responsibility, not just as window dressing, but as the core of their business. Um, new age, you know, new generation of, you know,、uh, staff members of these companies. They, when they interview at a company, the first thing they ask is, or, or sometimes they just simply Google, and then they know, you know, what does this company truly represent? What value does this company represent? Or the founders represent? And、um, they need to resonate with that value in order for them to join. So, a social venture or social entrepreneur. Doesn't need to be like. Not all of us need to start our own business.、Mm. We can all be social and do good within our role of our organization. And of course, if your organization happen to not support that, then you can always change job and look for another one. And I also speaking of social entrepreneurship, I understand that you won the social entrepreneurship award of the year. What year was that, and what was that like? Uh, it was 2018.、Uh, the award was from、uh, World Economic Forum and Schwab Foundation. Schwab is the founder of World Economic Fun-、uh, Forum.、Uh, that was one of the most humbling experience because I was on stage with Al Gore. Wow.、Um, you know, I sat with him at dinner next to, right next to him, and I was on stage. He was talking about climate change. Uh, and of course, the urgency of it. And we were Green Monday as a whole group was presented as one of the solutions of you know climate problems, and that was just、um, incredibly、uh, humbling. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say.、Um, for us to come out of Hong Kong, you know, we are not known to be a green city. We're not、mm. known to be <laughs> green pioneers.、Um, but to Come that far and kind of be recognized on a global stage.、Um, I I think that I I really hope that serve as a kind of a reminder to people that truly, if you put your mind into it, and of course you need to persevere. I'm not saying this journey is easy, but、uh, everyone can make a difference.、Um, okay, maybe not everyone will. Necessarily get recognized. There are a lot of unsung heroes. In fact, there are many more unsung heroes in many fields, not just climate change or green, but you know, elderly,、uh, underprivileged,、uh, school children,、uh, you know, gender justice, things like that. There are a lot of people who are fighting for the evolution of humanity, and you know, I have tremendous respect for all of them,、um, and. A lot of times they don't get the recognition they deserve. So, as much as you know, we are lucky to be in the position to be recognized. I think much more importantly is I want to share the hope that、uh, we can all make a difference, and、uh, no matter how unlikely your circumstances、uh, may be. I love it. I love it very much, and I think、uh, I'm sure the listeners will draw a lot of inspiration from what you just said. So. Just a final question here. The name of this podcast is the Awake Asia Podcast.、Uh, 
Um, so I'd like to just throw this question back to you, which I kind of ask every uh, every interviewee. What does being awake mean to you? <laughs> what does being? I think to some people, actually, it's, it really means they're not drunk, right? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so beyond the non-drunk aspect, beyond beyond the non-drunk aspect, the 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 over the hangover uh, part, right? Awaken to the truth. Awaken to the truth about life, about the world we live in, about the problems and crisis that we are facing. That should be the definition of awake, not just, you know, kind of sleepwalk our way through our life, right? Okay. Now, when I say that, I don't mean people are not working, but sometimes we are just kind of doing it, doing things as going through the motion, going through life as just, you know, kind of going through the motion of, okay, wake up, go to work, you know, report to my boss, be, you know, deliver whatever that I'm told to do. But truly look beyond that, you know, be understand all these problems that our world is facing and how we can be the change, you know. So awaken to those things um, just at the very minimum be aware of these issues and then ideally do something about it. Um, we, I mean, we're in the generation now that information is clearly accessible. I mean, we're constantly being bombarded by information. We are on our cell phones all the time. We have an overload of information, but we have a shortage of insights. Yeah, agree. Information is abundant, but insights or, you know, profound inspire ideas are lacking we need many many more of them um, at the end of the day i think the question that we need to ask ourselves is you know we will all die one day um, i think that part is true um, and you know what what type of legacy or what type of mark or impact do we want to leave behind right you know the day when we leave is it just because oh you know i i party a lot <laughs> Or I had, you know, you know, four yachts and five cars and, you know, whatever, you know, and 16 watches. Is that truly, like, is, is that what is meaning to you? Especially if you know that what you have created also have incurred um, an impact, a negative impact mm. to the rest of the world. So that, to me, is my definition of awake or awaken. I love it. That was that was a textbook answer. And... Well, thank you very, very much, David, for your time. I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And for oh, me, from, my Sing pleasure. from Singapore, you know, I'm always here to support what you, you guys are doing. And, and I'm looking forward to more of these options available. And not just that, but people waking up and just being conscious of their consumption. And I think it really starts with what you have in your plate, because yes. I think that is a first pathway to a more conscious life. I cannot agree more. Thank so you. thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you got some inspiration from my chat with David to go green on Monday or maybe for the rest of the week. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to find out more about David or Green Monday, visit awakemethod.com slash podcast for all the show notes. Let me know what you thought of this episode on socials at Awake Method. Beyond that, I would be really grateful if you could take two minutes and stop by iTunes to leave a positive review for the show. This will help spread the awake message farther and wider. 
Until the next episode, live once, eat plants. Bye.